I'm Clyde Lewis. You're about to listen to a sample of today's Ground Zero show. I'm Clyde Lewis, and this is Ground Zero. The numbers to call tonight, 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. We are heard coast to coast, around the world, thanks to the internet, TalkStreamLive.com. Also, Aftermath.fm. We are on from 7 to 10 Pacific Time on Aftermath.fm and TalkStream Live. If you don't catch the show or if you're not getting the show in your area, consider subscribing to Aftermath.media. There you'll be able to pick up on some great shows. And uh, also we have a library of all kinds of things that you can use for your study. Whatever you need to do, we have plenty of stuff for you to use for your research. It's a library. It's a place to get together and talk with like-minded people. It's a place to listen to some great shows other than Ground Zero as well. We've got some mighty, amazing shows that you can listen to and, of course, Ground Zero. And uh, So check it out. Go to aftermath.media. That's aftermath.media and sign up today. So this past weekend, I hope you had a great Easter weekend. Uh, my Easter was spent resting a lot more than I thought I would, uh, just dealing with some things that uh, health-wise I had to get a lot of rest in. But one thing that I did do between my my, my bouts of rest was that I was able to uh, do a little research and do some pattern uh, dot connecting, as I normally do, and discussing these things with friends and, and family and then and talking about... Um, a few of the things that uh, have been on my mind that have been in the news that I haven't really approached. And one of the things that uh, has been on my mind, uh, one of the things that's been on my mind uh, over the weekend was the situation that happened in Washington, D.C., where a young man in his car tried to ram the Capitol building, killed a police officer. And uh, the reason why it, it, it's been on my mind is because it reminded me of another case that happened, uh, Miriam Carey, uh, as a case that I, I followed, I had a lot of connections uh, as to what may or may not have happened and some interesting information the mainstream media didn't deliver. And I, and I, wanted, to, uh, I wanted to look into this case because I knew a lot of people, including the media, made their judgments on this case. And I, and I wanted to dig deeper. And, and as I was digging, I was finding, finding some, I guess, rhyming, if you will, or, or repeating uh, re- repetitive patterns in the recent cases we've been hearing about from the Atlanta shooting and the massage parlors to what happened in Colorado, to what happened in Washington, D.C. Now, um, historically, the American criminal justice system, flaws as it, is, as it may be, requires any jury in a criminal case to consider the defendant's level of consciousness or the, what, what, is, what his level uh, of intent to commit a criminal act might be. I mean, they, they, they discuss this as well as the illegality of the act without, specific, without specificity to the psychological issues of that intent. Originally, hate crime laws were expected to offer special protection based on an individual's sexual orientation, gender, religion, disability, or racial identity as perceived by the perpetrator. Now, in a manner that does not occur in normal criminal proceedings, defining the hate component of a crime requires a distinct determination that the defendant's actions were solely motivated by thoughts of hate. Now, hate crime is thought crime. I've always felt that way. Hate crime is thought crime. The exact Orwellian terminology for mental intent in the process of committing a murder or any other violent crime. Now, the reality is is that hate crimes 
may be difficult to distinguish from a run-of-the-mill felony murder, thereby increasing the hate crime penalty, it makes little sense since the first-degree murder is already subject to death penalty. Therefore, it appears that there's a redundancy. There's a redundant death penalty for a crime that would already call for the death penalty, and it's little more than overkill when you're uh, prosecuting a case. In other words, hate crime prosecution necessarily relies on criminalizing thought. So as I say, hate crime is thought crime. The hate crime, thought crime agenda has been abused by the mainstream media in order to facilitate discussions about domestic terror and gun control. Now, now we've had a number of stories in the news, like I said recently, where assailants have been reportedly triggered by thoughts of hate, whether it be to the Asian community or to police officers. Now, going back to square one, we can go back uh, to the Atlanta massage parlor shootings. The media pushed the agenda of white hate against Asian Americans while police weren't sure of the motive. Then came the mass shooting in Boulder, Colorado. And by the time of the Boulder, Colorado attack, the news cycle was actually following the Atlanta case. It was already geared up for reporting that this attack, too, was another example of white supremacy run amok and domestic terrorism. So the suspect, of course, uh, eventually it was revealed that the suspect was a mentally ill Syrian-born male named Ahmad al-Alawi Alisa. Now, needless to say, that story was about to be another repetitive lesson assuming white supremacy or domestic terror exploited for the anti-gun lobby and for the anti-terror lobby. Now, sometimes such close repetition can galvanize national attention and grief having the media jump the gun and developing a hate crime scenario for yet another attack. Now, I, I see this as being lazy. And I've always thought, I've always said that this is packed journalism, very lazy, and they immediately jump to conclusions. I remember the Atlanta shooting. They were already insisting that there was a hate crime committed because some of the, uh, some of the members that were killed, the people who were killed in the case, were Asian. Now, if the media wants to promote thought crime, then perhaps they should give us the reason why these thoughts of hate are being programmed into the suspects in the first place. They can't do that, but then they can really throw around the idea of hate crime. If hate crime is a thought crime, then maybe we should pay attention to the nuances of what is first being reported by the police. Now, when I first heard about this Washington, D.C. incident where a man tried to ram the barricade of the Capitol and killed one police officer, I listened carefully as the media tried to compare what had happened uh, in Washington, D.C. to the insurrection of January 6th. Now, again, the domestic terror proposals were being discussed by the experts. And when it was discovered that the suspect was a member of the Nation of Islam, everything changed. Everything was different. Social media started spreading hate And there was a bipartisan agreement that the suspect, Noah Green, was obviously a terrorist. Now, this charge was equally seen in the Boulder shootings as well, because when the narrative went from being a white supremacist to being a Syrian Muslim identified as Ahmad al-Aliwi Alisa, it all changed again. Okay, and and, and it's like it's it's some psychological torture. Um, and, And it seemed as though the Atlanta shootings were not successful enough in creating the hate necessary to demand action. So new domestic terror patsies 
had to be created, almost almost like they're part of some stage play. And the court of public opinion, in every case, sees red. And what they don't see is the probability that Ahmad al-Aliwi Alisa and Noah Green may have been mind-controlled patsies who were programmed using some advanced targeting mind-control techniques. Now, immediately I can hear the, oh my God, yeah, every one of the killers are mind-controlled patsies. No, and that's never the case. That's not always the case, okay? Uh, Just like not all the cases involved have anything to do with you know, mental illness. I mean, it, I mean, in 2017 and 2018, Americans, uh, ac- according to my findings, Americans lived through more than 50 mass attacks in public places. Now, these are defined by the U.S. Secret Service as incidents in which at least three people were harmed. Now, when the Secret Service examined the circumstances behind the incidents, it found almost the same thing for both years about two-thirds of the perpetrators had mental health symptoms prior to their attacks. Two-thirds. But there is another fact. Approximately 96% of violent crimes, including shootings, would likely still occur even if every suspect with a mental health condition was stopped before they carried out an attack. And yet, they're still trying to find ways through neural programming to find precog killers. Pre-crime, precognitive crime. This was something that was proposed during the Obama administration. The idea of precog crime or, or pre-crime suspects. Ones that have the propensity to commit a crime were put in uh, to uh, uh, black spots or in jail cells. And this was something that was unconstitutional. And yet here we are back at this square again with Joe Biden as president. Because, of course, a lot of people are saying that what we're seeing here is Obama 2.0. So we're back to that question again. I mean, when you look at the findings and you look at the perpetrators of uh, gun violence, including mass shooters, many of them do show signs of psychiatric distress. But the overwhelming majority of mental health patients will never commit a violent act in their lifetimes. Seriously. So the confusing part is, how is it that someone, just all of a sudden one day, snaps and decides that he or she wants to commit a violent act. And how is it that the media exploits it and uses it to start the conversation about gun crime, gun control, and domestic terror laws? I found out some patterns that I want to share with you, and I want to have you decide just what we're in the middle of right now. 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. I'm Clyde Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero, and we'll be back. I'm Clyde Lewis, and you've just listened to a segment of Ground Zero. In order to access the complete archive shows and podcasts, you must sign up on our secured server at Aftermath.media. It's only $4.99 a month for the archive shows and podcasts. Or if you want access to the Ground Zero online library, which includes videos, audio clips, ebooks, documents, a social media platform, plus the archive shows and podcasts, it's $9.99 a month. Again, that's Aftermath.media. That's Aftermath.media. Thanks for supporting Ground Zero.